Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yeah. What up, what up, what up? And welcome back to the FIGHT podcast, your weekly combat sports and culture podcast. I am your host, Serge Vicente. Yo, as always, yo, we have an incredible show for you guys today on episode 95, man, 95, moving right along. But before I go ahead and get into that, remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show. Check us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, and share. The Fight Podcast is everywhere. Podcasts are available, man. So go ahead and check us out. All right. Yo, welcome to episode 95, man. I hope your week is going well. Yo, it's finally beautiful here in Chicago. You know, today was 60 degrees, but from what it looks like, tomorrow's going to snow, man. So, you know what they say. If you don't like the weather in Chicago, just go ahead and wait five minutes, man. So, uh, it is what it is. Um, But regardless, today, um, we have a great show for you. And I know I say this a lot, but... This was one of the best conversations I've had on the show in a very long time, man. Uh, Brandon Camille is back. Bcam13 um, on IG. Go ahead and shoot him a follow. But uh, we had a great convo, man. We went ahead and recapped last weekend's card with Sean Porter. We really deep dove into um, into the fight this upcoming week with Errol Spence Jr. and Mikey Garcia. Um, and so much more, man. So look... I don't want to spoil anymore. This one, we really got into our bag, man. We we were talking trash. We were laughing. This, out of all the conversations that he and I have had on the Fight Podcast, and this is our seventh. This is our seventh time doing this together. Um, it was like the most conversation that we had, man. It was a lot of fun. And even afterwards, we went ahead and shot each other online and talked about how much fun it was. So I hope you guys enjoyed as much as we did. Enjoy my conversation with Brandon Camille right here on episode 95 of the Fight Podcast. Enjoy. Serge, man, what it do? You hear me all right? Yeah, I hear you just fine, bro. Perfect. Yeah, man. I can't see. Oh, there you go. What up, man? Hanging in there yourself? Oh, man. Oh, man. You got the merch on. They can't even see you right now. (laughs) You're shining, dog. You know what I'm saying, man? You know, I got a couple hoodies in the tuck. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I got had to, had to, had to bust it out today, man. It's chilly. Actually, it, it's not even chilly. I've been bitching about the weather in Chicago for the last however long, man. And I woke up this morning, you know, 60 degrees outside. 
Yeah, today was uh up like forty nine fifty. It was it was amazing. Like yeah, I'm I telling you, man. That's unheard of in Boston. So yeah, I, I'll take this warm weather all day. I'm trying to get out of March. Hopefully we won't see any more snow because it, it snowed about three times this month. Dude, <clears throat> I, one of my boys, I was laughing with him earlier, and he was talking about how it's like, oh man, I think we finally got past the winter, man. Uh, he's like, this winter's been kind of chill, and I was like, fam. You're saying that because you live in a high rise. You literally went from garage to garage. I was like, dude, I lived in a condo. I just moved back into the neighborhood. I'm telling you right now, this winter was trash. It was cold. I had to shovel every day. <laughs> I swear to God, I felt like it shovel. It, it snowed daily for like a month and a half. But naturally, most of winter is trash. The only time winter is not trash is the few hours after it snows and mm-hmm. no one has touched it and it's beautiful everything's covered in white that is literally the only good part of winter unless uh, you're snowboarding i am i am totally okay if it snows once a year and that's on christmas eve and it comes down on christmas eve i can say oh look we have a white christmas i could play the song and we can keep the party going i'd be totally fine <laughs> yeah i mean christmas in florida isn't bad at all i i've done it a few times and uh, i don't mind being in the warm weather all year round maybe uh, that's something something in my future man, I, I can't man no i need i need snow i need you know i need a little bit of christmas on christmas man uh, people, everybody, I, I know a lot of people that say, oh, I, I like the Four Seasons, but you, you're just going to be miserable in the winter when you have to walk it, walk outside and you've got putting on a million and one layers and, you know, you can't move your car because it's stuck in the snow. Why did you need winter? Explain to me now. Cut man, cuffing season. That's why. Come on. What else? What else? What other, what other thing is there? <laughs> this is true. Man. I mean, <laughs> this is true. This is true. Hey, man, that is why winter is the great, man. Hey, look, it's cuffing season. Have a good time. Get you one and keep the party moving. That's fair. That's fair. See, I, 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 you need you need cuffing season to keep the balance. You you do. You do, man. <laughs> you know? So, look, man, it's, it's finally getting back to springtime. Um, Yo, I was about to say some real corny, like, fight stuff, but it's about to heat up with the wind. <laughs> I'm glad you went in another direction. Oh, man. I felt it coming, man. I felt it. Uh, dude, that's what happens, man. I, I, I've been sitting here this whole, uh, like, you know, uh, getting ready to prepping for this and whatnot, um, watching Joe Rogan's episode today. And the more I watch him, man, the more you really want to, like, I'm like, damn, this dude really... Like man, he does this. <laughs> like this, yeah, Joe, Rogan, this. Joe Rogan is like living that ideal podcast life. Fam, have you seen that <laughs> dude's? Um, this dude has. If you guys haven't seen it, man, you have to Google his studio. This dude's oh, studio is like the. It is like the man cave of man caves. He has everything we would need. Need everything from a gym to you know what I'm saying a pool this dude got he has he has everything it's crazy dude he, he has, has everybody he has on that show oh fam it's crazy uh, he, he, that's when you know he, you made it he was talking about uh when he had Elon Musk up there that like he had to get him fucked up to really do the interview and be like a normal person dude. I guess when you're that smart in society you just kind of like really acting like a robot looking at us normal humans yo that dude <laughs> might legitimately be a robot I watched Lucky. that, yo, I watched that, um, 
that that interview with Joe Rogan. And man, when that dude looked up and Joe was like, "Man, people think you're an alien." And like Joe laughed, and that mug just looked at him, pale, like pan faced. I was like, "See, look, there it is, right there." He's better that us. than the, better that than like a Kawhi Leonard laugh. That's terrible. Well, that. <laughs> 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 that was the best impression I heard. I wasn't gonna try it. Hey man, hey Kawhi, yo, I died laughing when I heard about that. I heard a dude do that, man. That's like real robot shit. Kawhi is like a basketball robot. You know, just sit out for a year, come back. Yo, like he still drives the Chevy, his first car, his like old school Chevy Tahoe. The car he's been driving since high school, he still drives that. He's a robot. Fan. Him and him and Elon Musk. I'm telling Just you, man. A, a di- from a different society. Yo, do you know um, Beast Mode? Uh, what's his name? Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch hasn't spent a game check in his entire career. He just puts uh, it in the bank. He spends money off of endorsements. Okay, I can believe that. Yeah, I mean, he's been smart with his money throughout his career, and he's invested, done a lot for the community, started his own brand. I mean, Marshawn Lynch is dope. Yeah, like, man. He's man. not hey. selling out like. And, and then he got one of the best plays in NFL history, probably, with that run oh, dude. against the he's, Saints. Dude, so. he, he did it twice. He did it against the Saints. And what was the other team he did it against? Because he did it um, like a couple years before that. He's done it like twice. Dude is a beast, man. But, yo, athletes like that that are crazy smart about their money, I think people don't talk about nearly enough. Which brings me to my first one. I'm getting these segues, boy. Check it out. Triple G. I wanted you to talk about Triple G, man, because you brought something up to me and I didn't even realize it, man. He, we all I talked about it um, not too long ago in the show, but Triple G signed with DAZN. Um, Now, I didn't get really into the contract and details, but yo, B, you brought up a couple really, I think, solid points that I think... Me personally, I give Triple G a lot of respect for. Um, go ahead and break it down for me, man. What you, what you, what do you think about the deal? Yeah, so I think the deal is just super dope. Uh, Triple G and really foreign fighters in general, we don't ever get a chance to learn about their intellect. We only hear about them when it comes time for a fight, and more times than not, they're working through a translator and only speaking about that fight. And right. because of the language barrier, we just don't learn about who they really are outside of boxing or outside of MMA. So to hear how firm Triple G was being set on getting equity in the zone, I thought that was super dope. And making sure that he could put on his own fighters under his deal, I thought that was dope as well. And those are those are things you don't hear about. All you know is Triple G, the Punisher, but you don't hear about someone like that. You don't hear about their intellect. So I just thought it was super dope that he was really set on uh, equity in the company, that he can grow and that'll keep him wealthy over time. And I mean, that's just something I thought deserved a shout out. Oh, absolutely, man. And I mean, th- th- just the fact that it was it's like a six fight deal, um, and the, the GGG promotions will promote a pair of the cards, both in 2020 and in 2021. He's Floyd Mayweather, and we'll talk about him a little later on also in the episode, but has done a great thing. Well, not even Floyd Mayweather. I'm going Oscar De La Hoya. That's what I'm going to actually credit with that. Oscar De La Hoya has done an incredible job going from fighting and transitioning into a businessman, right? Golden Boy promotions. He, he hit a few bumps along the way. He has. And that, that, that's has. as literal as possible. Yo, he's a, a couple bumps and, and high heels and whatever else you want to call it. But uh, uh, d- dude has been um, the he's put that blueprint together. And Triple G now is somebody that like Golden Boy, like Kodo Promotions, like 
you know, Mayweather promotions. Now you're getting these individuals who are at the top of their game and they're able to pretty much parlay their their stardom into money because people want to continue working with them. And um, again, I I love seeing people do that and really take advantage of those situations. And again, continually building their name even once they're done. What do you think about the length of the contract? Six fights? I think everybody else was in the, was thinking in the neighborhood of two to three. Six fights really surprised me. I, not not to me. Um, and the reason it doesn't surprise me is because they were giving them equity in the company. And what that is, is that's just to lock them down. That's just, he. we know he's going to retire with us. He's not going to beat that. Their lawyers are better. They're, they, got, they got more money. So they're looking at it like, look, six fight deal. We know you're probably going to retire after two. And then he's going to be able to pretty much parlay it from there and continue working with the brand. He's going to be, you know, possibly in the future, the face of the zone. One of the guys in the background shaking hands and kissing babies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree, but I just didn't expect it. I think I think a lot of us thought that maybe Max Triple G had four fights left. Especially with the with the layoff and it taking so long for him to decide um, who he's going to sign with. I think people took that as, well, does he have one foot out the door? Obviously not. Six fights, we get the Punisher back, and we will get to see him in action at least six more times, all on the zone. Now, do you think he we will be able to... And the more you think about it is this. There's a, in his division, there are monsters in the zone. There's a fight with Canelo. There's another fight again with Danny Jacobs. There are guys there. um, Demetrius Andrade. Yeah. So you have these guys waiting in the wings. Do you think Triple G will end up fighting all of them? He's already fought Danny Jacobs. Mm -hmm. I uh, obviously... Everyone talks about that third fight with Canelo. Which more so, I was, more so I, I'm asking is like under the DAZN banner. Do you think he's going to end up, are they going to build those fights and are they going to make the, the four of these gentlemen fight? I don't know if we see Danny Jacobs and Triple G again. I think a lot of that depends on how this fight with Canelo goes. Mm-hmm. Demetrius Andrade, I do think he gets a fight with Triple G. Now, Triple G is going to fight in June. That's the word that's going around. Obviously, no opponent has been announced yet with six fights. He, he has a little bit more time than I expected. So they may just toss him, toss someone at him. But they're going like to give him one of those Martrosians again. Yeah, I'd like to see him fight um, to take that fight with Demetrius Andre. And if he defeats him, then he can go into a third fight with Canelo. Yeah. I, from, what, from what I'm hearing, the fight in June, then a third fight with Canelo, as long as Canelo is the victorious over Danny Jacobs. But I mean, I honestly would rather them let that marinate a little bit longer. It's not like a fight we haven't seen yet. So right. where I'd be like, okay, this is annoying. Y'all just need to fight. We've seen it twice. I don't think the third fight is as big as a second or the first fight. Not at all. Unless you, unless you let it marinate for a little bit, but then you have to consider Triple G's age. The only way that fight gets any better is if you do if Canelo's gonna have to starch uh, Danny Jacobs, but I'm talking about not not a good fight. He's gonna have to completely starch him, right? And then Triple G's gonna have to completely starch Andre. That's the only way that fight happens, um, because I don't think the there's no no one's clamoring for that fight. Nobody cares to see it. We all feel like we know what's gonna happen if we see them fight again, even especially if it's close. 
that had to be part of the conversation to get him to sign with the zone. So that fight is going to happen. Yeah, I I believe. Yeah. It has to. For that reason, if no other, the fight just has to happen because they I'm sure they use that to lure him in. Yeah, but I I will be honest with you. As of right now, I think Danny Jacobs is going to win that fight. And I thought Danny Jacobs beat Triple G last time. They will avoid him at all costs. I do not see that being a fight that he's going to end up taking into zone. The Danny Jacobs fight, I, I can definitely see that. And Danny Jacobs wants to fight Triple G again. If I if he beats Canelo, he's gonna call I like him, him to call. He'll he'll definitely call he'll Triple call G out. out. Where Demetrius Andre falls in all of this, because that's a tough fight for Triple G as well. I think Triple G surprised us a bit with some of his boxing ability against Canelo. But now we're talking about Demetrius Andre, who's on a bit of a different level when it comes to ring generalship, boxing. But we also haven't seen him... In, uh, up against top level competition too much himself so that'll be a measuring stick for him as well it, it, but from what he, from what he's from what we see he's definitely the type of fighter that can give triple g some problems absolutely um he's big even though he's not a big puncher he's a big guy for the weight class um he's a really really skilled boxer and at the end of the day it seems like well defensively he's really sound so at the end of the day i'd love to see that fight i I think it's one of those fights that um i don't know if it's gonna have any fan allure to it at this point in time i think they're gonna really gonna have to try to market uh andres and i'll be honest with you that dude's weird so it's gonna be real difficult to pretty much pub an awkward dude like him so he is weird yo fam he's so weird and and, i mean it it can work to his advantage you look at but i'm gonna be honest with you weird guys like that do not get the title shots man prime example and we will talk about this a little bit later on but look at mma tony ferguson man nobody wants to see him because he's a weirdo and look we're, we can talk. We're gonna talk about him a little later on. I'm not trying to throw you know throw him under the bus, but man, weirdos do not get love. If you're a weirdo, you have to be weirdo in like the analytical or like I'm weird and like I'm like cool, calm, or collective. I'm weird and like I smoke weed, but like the Diaz brothers or something. But aside from that, it's like I can't be weird and like no, dude, you're kind of kooky. Like no. <laughs> Tony Ferguson probably legitimately needs help. I just think Demetrius Andre is just a weirdo. Which is cool. Shout out to him living in his truth. He's definitely on but, the spectrum, I mean, man. If if that's gonna be who he is, then you know, live in your truth. Keep I that same you. energy, and he does. He Absolutely, does. Absolutely, man. Well, yo, um, moving a little, uh, along a little bit, man, because I think that's uh, you. you anything else you want to say about Triple G? Nah, shout out to him. Get your money. Absolutely, man. All right. So this past weekend. Sean Porter went ahead and actually defended his belt, his welterweight, t- his part of the welterweight title this past weekend. Um, it was a real, t- it was a, was a tight fight against Ugas. I'm gonna throw it to you first, man. Do you believe Ugas's antics and showboating actually cost him that fight? I don't think it lost him the fight, but it didn't gain him anything. It certainly didn't intimidate Sean Porter. And when you're doing all of that showboating, but I mean, it didn't come like on the on the back on the back end of like a big combination or something like that. Maybe he dodges a few punches, but I mean, he was also getting hit. So for him to do all the, all of that showboating with his mouth bleeding and all, I was a bit confused, and I just don't think it was necessary. It was probably at the end of the day for him more than anyone else. 
because everyone else just kind of looked at him. Right. Thanks. No, I, I, f- I feel you. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. When they said, I thought Ugas won the fight when I first watched it. Um, when you look at the numbers, the numbers are really close. I really do believe if Ugas did more, I think he, I just don't think he did enough to win. I think Sean Porter looked bad. I think that's the worst I've seen Sean Porter look. Um, maybe he said he's trying to put some wrinkles in his game by trying to outbox uh, Ugas. But let's be honest, man. When Sean Porter's at his best is when he's muscling people around and getting physical. And he wasn't doing this as much, which allowed Ugas to be the more physical guy in there. If Ugas threw more jabs... And if he, I'm telling you, if he actually went out there and actually was busting him to the mouth, which he did a couple times consistently throughout the fight, especially the back half, I think he would have coasted into a win. But when a fight was that close and you had both guys with a lot of inactivity, I mean, they're going to give it to the champ. For the people listening, Sean, fight, uh, Sean Porter, I believe he started his amateur career boxing at 185 pounds. He is typically, when it comes to the welterweight division, the larger guy in the ring. He was not the larger guy on Saturday night. Ugas looked huge for the welterweight division. He looked big. And maybe Sean Porter says to himself, maybe maybe this this physicality thing, maybe it won't work this time. So I'm with a different game plan. Mm -hmm. And I heard his interview after the fight which they didn't show on TV, which was just odd. Yeah, but it was. He, he, went to the, he went backstage, did an interview, and he was saying that this was their game plan. He said that Ugas likes to set up, and by him moving, it would have forced Ugas to keep moving and think while he's coming in and attacking. He did mention that there were some things that he could have done better, but he was very forthcoming in saying that this was the game plan due to what they saw in Ugas. So I would have loved to see a normal Sean Porter show up and see how that fight would have showed up, uh, would have played out. But he he came out and wanted to be a fight on the outside. Look, it, I think if he actually came out, it would have been a far more entertaining fight. Um Absolutely. It would have been because because then you would have two guys coming forward because Ugas is going to come downhill as regardless. I will say this. After looking at that, I think I don't know if he's going to win a belt, but he's definitely a player in that weight class. He's he he, he I would like to see him against like a Danny uh Danny Garcia. I like that fight would be interesting. Absolutely. And to to me, I don't think we saw enough of him. Mm-hmm. to say that he's going to be a player in that division. Sean Porter put him in the type of fight where he really wasn't going to look bad. Now, he didn't look amazing. He looked like he held his own and like he belongs at that elite level. But I don't think Sean Porter forced him to show enough. So a fight with someone like Danny Garcia would actually be perfect here. Because Danny Garcia will come for him. Absolutely. You and, know, and that's why I'm a huge like- fan of that dude. He'll have to take a few shots from Ugas, who does have good counterpunching abilities, but I think that would be a much more exciting fight. Oh, and it'll probably go the distance, but it'd be a good fight for the fans and a good fight for Danny Garcia, who's really lost in the shuffle right now in the welterweight division. I think he has a fight coming up with Adrian Granados, which is yes. definitely a, uh, yeah, let me shake the rust off type well, of fight. I feel like his last fight was at let me shake the rust off. I, I think he hasn't been able to get a fight. Um, Who do you, no, his last fight was against Porter. No, I'm sorry. No, it was against yeah, Rios. Porter. It was Rios. No, Rios was a, before Porter. Was it before Porter? Yeah. 
Yeah, mix those up. Okay. Well, you're oh, you're right then. You're right. This is one of those. Let me, you know, heat check type of thing. Let me let me just get back. I said so, that real confident. I'm really not positive now. No, but you I'm said. I, I mean, pretty sure yeah, it was before. Hey, I, I, I'm just gonna pull it up. But uh, no, nah, man. Like I said, it we'll we'll see. Um, but I'll I'll tell you this, man. At the end of the day, um, I think Ugas is a player. It, it or let me rephrase it. I think he can be a player in that weight class. Um. And again, I think he's somebody who is exciting and he's somebody who actually put on a show. Um, so we'll see. I think he made some key mistakes um, this past fight. Um, but it, he, you know what makes me sad for him is he lost. He didn't he lost that fight. He didn't get beat. He lost the fight. Yeah, I would totally agree. You, I mean, it's a thing when someone says you have to beat the champ. Exactly. You have to beat the champ and show, leave no question that you absolutely deserve that belt. You're and right. Ugas it's Sean Porter. Sean Porter that. was his last fight. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, and Ugas simply did not do that. But mm-hmm. let's talk about th- the scorecards since we're, since we're on that topic. I mean, you says, said you think that Ugas won. I thought it was a close fight overall, but you have to give the nod to the champ. And that goes back to what we were just saying. You have to beat the champ, and he simply wasn't doing enough. Porter landed a, more punches throughout the fight. Absolutely. I won't say they were all power punches, but I mean, it was a close decision. If he wasn't the champion, he easily could have lost that fight. Well, that's why, I, I mean, I wasn't like, it wasn't one of those fights that I was like disgusted. Oh my God, I can't believe that it was, the, you know, I was like, oh, well, I didn't think he won, but all right, cool. It was just literally one of those. I mean, that fight was, it had its moments, but at the end of the day, I mean, Sean Porter didn't show me anything that makes me believe he can compete with an Errol Spence or he oh, can no. compete with a Terrence Crawford. He didn't show me anything there that made me want to see that. And here's the thing, and we'll talk about this in a moment, but his next fight, if he does not fight Errol Spence, especially Errol Spence has been asking for this fight, and Errol Spence said if he wins this fight, he's calling out Sean Porter. If he does not take that fight... Bruh, don't be another Donna Stevenson, man. You got to shit or get off the pot. Sean Porter is definitely not a Donna Stevenson, who I hope is uh, doing well with his recovery. Look, man, but if Sean, he doesn't fight him, though, I'm telling you, because he seems Sean like Por- he's avoided that at all costs. Right now, Errol Spence has a fight in front of him. We'll talk about that soon, but... I don't think Sean Porter is going to stray away from top-level competition. I, I don't think he'll like it, and I think he'll probably go to one of those fights understanding that there's a good chance that he can lose. Like, he'll have that thought in his head like he never has before. Mm-hmm. So, and even hearing him speak about those fights, he doesn't seem too excited about it. But, I mean, we'll see. I don't think he strays away. If he has to fight one of those guys— he will fight them and put his best effort forward. I, I think someone like Terrence He's Crawford, always going to put his, his best foot forward. I, I, if, if, if he signs the contract, I have faith in Sean Porter is going to try to perform to the best of his ability. I'm never going to knock that. But I think they're taking a calculated business decision on this one. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm like, uh, it's like, look, if we can go ahead and fight everybody else and leave that guy alone, I think we'll be all right. I think he's in a position to do that. 
people are looking at Errol Spence. If he wins this weekend, they want to see him fight Terrence Crawford. They aren't necessarily, you know, uh, clamoring for a fight with Sean Porter. So Sean Porter has that working to his advantage. And there's a lot, there's always, there's consistently plenty of players in the welterweight division. And it seems like that's how it's been for the last 30 years. So, I mean, he, there'll always be a bunch of fighters that he can, that he can fight against. I mean, Keith Thurman, that rematch is there. Danny Garcia, that rematch is there. Ugas, that rematch is there. I also think in a fight with someone like Terrence Crawford, which won't get made because of promotional issues, that would be interesting. Someone smaller like Terrence Crawford and how he handles that pressure. So, I mean, there are a lot of interesting fights, and those are only a few names. There's other guys at welterweight as well and guys at 140 that are looking to come up. But there's a lot for Sean Porter to do at 147 without necessarily having to fight Errol Spence, who I think is the biggest threat to him. Absolutely, especially with his style, man. Well, check it out. Speaking of Errol Spence, man, he has an incredible fight coming up this weekend against Danny Garcia. I feel like we've been talking about this for the last three weeks. It's that dope of a fight, you know? So, But it's finally here. It's this weekend. And when I was looking at the buildup to this fight, I always wait to see if something's going to change my mind. Right? What's going to change my mind? Because right when, when things are announced, I, I have my, my opinion already. And then I'm like, okay, let me do my research. Let me figure it out. And the more I watch it, the more I watch it. And again, I'm, I'm not stuck to any fighter. And I'm not like this with any fight, period. I don't get emotional on fights. Not anymore. I've watched way too many. Like, I just want to see a good fight. So I try to be as open-minded as possible about it. Um, and when I was watching this one, I'm like, yo... I I literally don't see a way for Mikey to win. I don't. The size differential, I think, is too big. But not only the size, and then you know, you know what? And here's the thing that's been pissing me off, and this is just me. I've been keep people keep on saying, and I heard Brendan Shaw on one of his shows, and I heard some other clowns say so. This also, they keep on talking about Mikey's pedigree. Oh, he has such a good pedigree. Oh, his pedigree so good. His dad, his uncle, his this. He has this great amateur background. Does Errol Spence not have a great... Does, does he not have a great amateur background? Is he not an Olympian? Not only that, is Mikey Garcia an Olympian? Survey says, fuck no. So... Not at all. Everybody kept on talking about the pedigree, the pedigree, the pedigree. And they're like, Mikey's too quick. Mikey's going to get inside. Errol Spence says something really, really specific. And he says, I was an Olympian in amateur boxing. Amateur boxing, the whole point, he was like, it's all not to get hit and to hit. He's like, and I was better at that. And I won tournaments all around the world. He was like, so what does Mikey believe he's going to be able to do to actually get in to hit me? And everybody's talking about his defense and this and this and that. And one thing that I noticed, go look at Mikey's last three fights, especially when he stepped up in competition. His nose is always busted. He gets hit. Do you see Errol Spence get hit throughout his fights? Not not really. He's he got gotten... hit against Kell Brook. Yo, Kell Brook hit Triple G. Triple G is not known for his de- defensive prowess. Hey, man, but here's the hey, thing. Man. Kell Brook is somebody who is extremely strong, especially in the early going. He's always been that way. Yeah, and he was hitting 
Errol Spence a, a lot in the early going, not with anything significant. There were a lot more where a lot of a lot of them were jabs mm-hmm. and softer touches, but he was getting to him. Yeah, he, um, he, Timothy Bradley, he mentioned this week that he thinks the flaw that Mikey Garcia sees in Errol Spence is that he doesn't move his head. And that's not something I had noticed before. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I've noticed that in the past, but he does move his head. And the thing is about move his head, he also... Because the way his style is, is that he catches a lot of shots off with, with his gloves. He's really good with his eyes. If you notice, his, he's always paying attention. Everywhere his, his opponent's hands are, he's he's monitoring everything. And that's how he's always fought. So every time people are actually throwing combinations at him, he's shielding everything with his hands. So that's just his style. And I'm not taking anything away from his style. I don't see Mikey winning this fight. I see Mikey getting knocked out this fight. And I don't want to see Mikey getting knocked out. I think he gets knocked out because, you know what? I don't think his team is even confident about this. The more I look at it, man, the more they're talking the way they're talking. And please tell me you saw. Did you see the uh, the press conference? I saw pieces of it. Fam, I'm glad Errol Spence called Mikey out on this. Yeah. Mikey Garcia, when he's training, he talks so much shit. He goes back and forth, and he's talking about what he's going to do. But every time he goes in their face-to-face, he's very, you know, I'm respectful. And not only is he respectful, he literally says everything Errol Spence says. Errol Spence is like, man, he's like, I'm, it's like, you know, he's like a mirror out there. He's real skillful. Mikey's like, yeah, what he said. I'm a mirror, and it's successful. Like, dude, come up with your own ideas. And then also, you know... I, I do believe with that keep that same energy, man. Um, I think his team isn't as confident as they're letting on. I think they're talking too much. Remember I tell you I'm looking for flaws and seeing what do I see from each team? Errol Spence's team looks like this is just another day at the office. Mikey Garcia's team is it they're like trying to puff their they look like they're trying to convince themselves. And I like Mikey. I don't think the fight is selling as they expected it to thus far they'll do a little bit better as we get closer and we're we can't get too much closer as we are but do you think mikey garcia's antics are aligned with that and maybe trying to sell the fight a little bit more than it currently has no because then he would have did it when arrow was in his face he wouldn't have tried to be so cordial me personally, I'm not on the same page with you thinking that Mikey Garcia, it's fake confidence and his team, it's all fake confidence. I think it's legitimate. I think he really does feel like he's going to beat Errol Spence. And you can see around the boxing world, he's convinced a lot of people uh, that his determination and his uh, just the fact that he called out Errol Spence alone, he's convinced them that he will find a way to win this fight. He hasn't convinced me, but he has a lot of people convinced. I think that's real confidence from Mikey Garcia. And in his heart, I do believe that he feels that he'll be winning this fight. He can absolutely believe. And here's here's the thing. He's a fighter. I believe he thinks that also. But I think the way, especially the way his team and the way they're trying to pump him up, that looks like a team that originally never wanted to take this fight in the first place. I don't believe his team wanted to take the fight in the first place. I think Mikey Garcia made him take the uh, make them take the fight, and that's okay. I I think that's totally fine. But I will again, 
out. I think his team didn't want it. I think his team sees stuff. Because here's the thing. When you're a fighter, you're a four-time, you know, four-time division champion, you think you're unbeatable. He looked at the biggest mug in the block, and he was like, I want to fight the best. And I think he's the best, and that's why I want to go for him. I respect that. But his team is more realistic. When you're this champion, you're unbeaten. You're unbeaten. You have this in the back of your head that I can't be touched. I don't care who it is. I can't be touched. Have you noticed how not just have you noticed how all of the elite fighters, I'm talking about the greats of today are the ones talking about the uh, talking about this fight? The greats of today look at Errol Spence, people who are currently competing, look at it and say, "Yo, I got Errol winning that fight easy." Old school I says it. I, I haven't heard them say easy, but I, I most of the, the athletes all that I've heard going to knock him out. They all say I, he's going to knock him out. I've heard that more of them say that they respect Mike Garcia. They think it's going to be a good fight, but they think Spence will come out on top. They don't say easy fight. They're not. A lot of them aren't saying knockout because everybody. Psh, yo, Loma said knockout. Um. Dude, I can go down. The only people I heard d- didn't say knockout. If Loma said it, then it's probably true. Yo, Loma said it. Loma was like, I don't see him getting past the eighth. Yeah, he really can't do no wrong in boxing right now. Fam, I'm sorry. When I look at people like that, that caliber, look at this fight, and they're like, yo, I like dude, but psh, I'm going with him. All these fighters who are at this level can't be worth they're, they They're looking at the same thing. And they also understand that, look, man, yes, as great as Mikey is, you're jumping up two weight classes to a dude. Did you see them standing next to each other, man? It looked like he was sitting there with taking his son to school. Yeah, Errol Spence has a lot of height and reach. And by the time they get in the ring, you're going to see the mass on the body as well. Yo, but I mean, I, I thought Errol Spence looked a little bit, a little bit small. I know he's he's cutting weight, but he's I cutting like, weight right now. It's, you're supposed I, to I know that. Yeah, but he, wait, he, wait he did look a little bit like. small. I, I, well, I think that's what you that's what you look like two days from weighing in. I mean, you can only hope he hasn't drained himself. Ah, he's it's, this is his job, man. He's a champion. This is what he does. I, I don't. Your body, I, your body speaks to you, though. It's it's your job, but at at a certain point, maybe your body isn't he, ready for one one forty seven anymore. I'm not gonna, be I, gonna start rumors, but he just looked a little bit small. And but I understand that he's cutting weight. Yeah, man. I nah. I I don't I don't ever go for that. When I heard um, what's it called uh um. Duran, uh, Duran was up there at the at the way at the press conference, and this mug was like, "Oh, Errol Spence looks skinny, but Mikey looks strong." Well, yeah, because Mikey ain't cutting no weight, and this fool is cutting weight. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, Mikey's on weight. I mean, could that play a factor? I, no. I don't believe so. Errol Errol Spence is a professional, I, and and his I know his camp was he, he had a hard camp. He had a good training camp. I mean, he's going to come ready. So I don't think the weight issues will affect that, him. I'm just, just observing. But, he, but, he's ne- but that's the thing. And, and I just don't like people even bringing those things up. If that's been an issue for him in the past, cool. But he's never had an issue with weight. No, I agree. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. Except for the fact that I think Mike Garcia has legitimate confidence that he will beat Errol no, Spence. I, I, I said I think Mikey does too. I'm talking about his team. I, and I think his team. I think so. his team. I think his team believes it, but to a lesser extent. Like okay. Robert Garcia is not doesn't have the same confidence saying that Mikey Garcia is going to win that Mikey Garcia has. No, it was the old Mikey man. It was, the, it was the it was the granddad, the the dad. The dad has been the one flapping his gums for real. Rob looks like he's kind of like, oh, it's going to be a good fight. I think we're going to win. 
know? Rob got a career. Yeah. That's he's still his brother, though. Yeah, it's his brother. And, and again, Mikey is one of the best in the He's top five pound for pound right now. Absolutely. Mikey's a beast. And doing what he's doing, hey, I, again, I salute the man. I give him all the props in the world. But at the end of the day, he's going to get touched up this fight. Errol is bigger. He's just as just uh, just as technical and he's faster and he's more athletic so you mean you, you mean to tell me this guy is just as technical as you are he's bigger than you are he's more athletic and he has faster hands what what's going to get him past your 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 pedigree and your they, they, they say mikey got bigger brains yeah they kind of shit and dude pass. if that's not and that's another thing oh dude don't even get me in this bag man it's like because i've heard so many people say that oh it's his intelligence the dude who went to the olympics and it, you every time you hear him speak sounds educated and he has his head on the shoulders why can't the black guy be smart why can't we have a swag? Why is it the other guy always has to be smart? Oh, well, he's intelligent, but he's the athlete. Yo, this dude is just as smart of a technical boxer. That that narrative that he's not as intelligent and Mikey's more intelligent than he is, man, fuck that. That's such a dumb narrative, and I can't stand that they keep throwing this out there. And they only do it with black fighters, yo. I don't think they only do it with black fighters, but, but fighters do have a certain, certain aura that comes with them. And I think in this particular instance, Mikey is known for his ring intelligence. Errol Spence is known for things like his body punching, his power, but people aren't paying a, uh, attention to his boxing IQ. That's a huge aspect of his game. And so I think just in this fight, the aura that Mikey Garcia brings with him, like boxing IQ is his thing. And, and he's, Look, he's been known it. in the boxing world as someone with very high boxing IQ for a long time. So I think because that comes with him, they're just going to say, OK, well, he has more than Errol Spence because this is what Mikey Garcia is known for. And that's not necessarily what Errol Spence is known for yet. However, I mean, I'm with you in this. We both think Errol Spence is going to win, but I don't I don't believe the narrative in this scenario has anything to do with race because they say Floyd Mayweather has high boxing IQ. That's very true. They don't say someone like Triple G has high boxing IQ. He's a, a bit more of a brawler. I, I think in, in this scenario, we're looking at it. We're looking at the best we can, and they're building a story around why Mikey Garcia thinks that he can beat Errol Spence, Absolutely. and it must be his boxing IQ moving up to weight classes. Well, we'll 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 find out this weekend, man. So look, at the end of the day, uh, how, how we both think is Spence is going to win it? How does he get it done? What round? I think I think it goes to a decision, just because all of my super aggressive picks lately have just gone bad. So <laughs> I'm staying conservative here. I'm just going to go Spence by decision, and I'll be cool with that. I'm going Spence eighth round. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, he's, he's My aggressive pick would be an 8 to 10. Yeah. But I, I, I got I'm going with the decision. Yeah, I, I, I got an arrow in the 8th, man. But, yo, with that being said, check it out. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. We got a whole lot more fire to come, man. Braca. All right, man. We are uh, going to take a quick time out, man. Remember, man. This is brought to you each and every week. This great conversation um, and the show itself is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Remember, Sage Eats is a healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. Sage Eats offers healthy meals, fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first three months. 
Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. Follow me at Serge Vicente and support the show, man. Check us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, and share. The Fight Podcast is everywhere. Podcasts are available, man. So go ahead and shoot us a note. And, uh, man, talk to us. Let us know how you guys feel. All the feedback um, is great. So uh, we're going to continue trying to bring interviews and conversations and just more content to you guys consistently we're going to start again we've talked about it a little earlier we're going to continue trying to populate our our IGTV page and our youtube is also going to start really kicking off man all these interviews that we've had on the fight podcast we actually already have them um in video form so we're switching all those things to youtube man so keep your eyes and ears open for that um but with that being said Enjoy the rest of my conversation with Brandon Camille. Yo. Yo. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're back. Appreciate it. You know, you know, we had to go. I had to. I had to read some bills. You know what I'm saying? Pay some bills and refresh my tea. Uh, (laughs) But uh, let me turn this off. I got your picture in picture. Cool. All right, man. So moving right along. Um. All right, we both had Spence. So check this out. Um, this is a fighter that I feel like we talk about far more than we should anyways. Uh, nah, I like this dude. But um, Javante Davis, super featherweight, is a monster. We all know how devastating he is. And even though it seems like his next fight might be against Tenshin Nakasawa uh, over in uh, Japan, um, there is somebody in his own weight class that believes that he has the blueprint on beating Javante Davis. And that is the champ, Leo Santa Cruz. He thinks he has the blueprint, man. I'm be honest with you, man. I, I, I'm gonna give it to you in a second. I like Leo Santa Cruz. I really do. Um, I think he's a solid fighter, man. And uh, I'm gonna let you go ahead. Now I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and clean this one up. <laughs> Cause I think I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I, I'm going with Javante Davis here. No, Leo Santa Cruz does not have the game plan to beat Javante Davis. Have you heard the details? Of that game plan? What did he say? What did he say? <laughs> He's going to put pressure on the power puncher. He's going to they, pressure they him because he doesn't work from feel, time to time. He doesn't feel like Javante Davis can take that pressure. Well, how are you going to take his power? No one else has. So how are you going to stand up against that power? Did you lose to Carl Frampton? That's the only loss of your career, but. Javante Davis would smoke Carl Frampton, and he will smoke Leo Santa Cruz, too. I think Leo Santa Cruz would have to move up for that fight. I think he fights at 126 and would have to go up to 130 uh, for that fight. His last fight was at 130. His last two okay. were. Yeah, he's actually a champion at that weight class. Okay. Yeah. So he's a champion at 130? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, yeah, I, I think his game plan is, is bad, and Davis would— smoke him there's not many boxers that can stay responsible on defense while still putting pressure on triple g g does it a little bit loma definitely does it very well 
but there's not many that can stay responsible while putting pressure on on somebody. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think Leah Santa Cruz has it in it. He's a, a taller fighter and he's used to having that reach advantage. That would still exist with Javante Davis. Yeah. But you're giving away that advantage if you say that you're going to put pressure on him. You're giving away some of that length. You're going to let him get close that distance and hit you. That, that's not a great game plan. Not for 12 rounds. He'll have you out of there in three if this is what you're looking to do. So this, so this is what I'm going to say. So um, actually, he is currently, Leo Santa Cruz is currently the WBA Super, fe- super uh, World Featherweight title holder, and he's the WBC um, Featherweight titleist too. So d- dude, dude is a monster, man. Um, yeah, he's lost to Carl Frampton, um, but he did come back and beat the piss out of him the next time out too. Dude is solid, and I think that I'm be honest with you. That is a fight that I would like to see. How would he win? One thing that he does well is that, yes, he does brawl from time to time. And I think if he goes in there with the mindset to brawl against Davis, that would be a mistake. But something that Leo Santa Cruz does a lot better than most fighters is that he reminds me a lot of Max Holloway in, M- in MMA. In the sense that he can, he can out-technical you. And he can go out there and brawl with you if need be. He's a really intelligent fighter. He is. Now, so is Davis. Davis, the way he's, he's, he sets people up to for the kill. He'll set you up right there. But I love the way Leo Santa Cruz changes so much. He's extremely unorthodox. My only concern for him in that fight is I don't know if he has enough power to keep Davis off of him. And... I think the idea of pressuring him and then, you know, pressuring him and then it's almost like the, the, the bull in a matador. You get into his face, pressure, pressure, pressure. And then he, I think the idea of it is he wants to end up countering him. Get in his face and land shots, hit him with hard shots, and then let the floodgates go. Open up and you catch him coming in, frustrate him, in and out, in and out. I can see him doing that. I've seen him do that. I just don't know if he I've never seen him rock like that. But at the end of the day... So, okay, this is so my answer is this. Do I think he can have the game plan to beat Javante Davis? Yes, he can. It's boxing, anything can happen, but I don't think it's as probable because I think Javante Davis it has that power for the next two, three weight classes. I also think Javante Davis, when he's focused, has underrated boxing skills. I to think combat so someone like a Leo Santa Cruz. I think we yeah. saw some of them when he was really lo- locked in for that fight yeah. against uh, Suelar. Is that how, how it's pronounced? Mm-hmm. I think he was really locked in for that fight, and we saw some of his boxing skills early on before he got him up out of there. Yeah. But Javante Davis, he has legitimate power for that 130-pound division. He Leo Santa Cruz will not pounds. stand a chance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he has solid, solid power. He had, He's Deontay Wilder for that weight. Yeah, no, I feel you. And here's the thing. I, I'm just, I, I just want to give, I just, thought just it was, I, dude, I, straight up, man. That's all I'm doing. So I'm going to sip my tea and just take this one. But at the end of the day, man, I actually, I like Santa Cruz. I, I think he's solid. And I'm thinking about matchups for Davis because they're few and far between. So, when he said this, I had to stop and think and say, man, is there a possibility? Is there a window? It's easy for me to shut it off and say, nah, that wouldn't happen. But when you actually think about it, Leo Santa Cruz, as long as he can actually 
have enough power and and he as long as he's sharp enough to keep it it's not as, as much about the power as about being sharp if he can be sharp enough to keep Davis off of him a little bit I think he has the boxing ability to win that fight I don't think it's probable but he can do it so percentage wise if that fight were to ever happen which I don't see it happening I don't see it happening either. what are the odds that Leo Santa Cruz wins oh the odds what odds would you give him on, on percentage wise 35 I'm more around like under 20 no, I, f- I feel you because I was gonna say I was gonna say twenty five, but I've been championing him the whole time, so I feel like I gotta give him a little bit more than that. <laughs> you, you try, you try. <laughs> no, I do. But it's, here's the thing: he's actually somebody in that weight class that could give him trouble. He has the skill set to give him trouble. So that's why I think it, it makes sense, man. But um, we'll see. Again, a fight that probably won't happen, man. But so wait, uh, there's another fight that I want to quickly mention here that okay. that wasn't on the agenda for today, and I sent this to you earlier. The WBO <laughs> orders Sergey Kovalev versus Anthony Yard. Does this fight happen? What do you think? No. No. Um, granted, I'm gonna be honest with you. Is it Yard or Yardy? We'll call him Yard for now. All right. He he I'm hasn't sure. fought enough competition for us to know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> I thought I think it's Yardy, but I, I mean I might be wrong, man. But look, um, I think that fight. There's too many unknown for Sokovalev. Uh, there's there's too much risk involved. This is somebody who looks the part, knocks people out completely cold, and I think there's risk. And again, I don't think he has enough of a name to this point for Kovalev to even be willing to get in there with him. Too much danger, not enough. You don't have a big enough name. I ain't going to get paid enough for this ass whooping. Forget it. I'm not going in there. And Kovalev is looking at, at opportunities to unify. I don't think he's looking down at someone like Anthony Yard, oh. Yardy. Um, oh. I think it's it's a scary fight for both of them. 100%. You know, and, but Anthony it's a fight Yard, that Yardy needs. Oh, a- a- absolutely. But is he ready? You don't want to toss him out there to the wolves and then you really derail his career. I think it's just such a big step up in competition for him where we and we haven't seen him up against that much comp- competition that he could get exposed if he's not who they say he is. Now, from the Kovalev aspect, we know we now know that he does on certain days have a suspect chin. Well, we know what Anthony Yard is bringing at the very minimum. He is packing a punch. Dude, if Kovalev 18 gets hit, and no 17 KOs. If Kovalev gets hit, he will get him up out of there. So I can see why it's a very scary fight for both fighters. I haven't heard heard anything from either of them, but Sergey Kovalev has his eyes on a unification with someone like Bivol. Absolutely. And, and I, I that's what I'm saying. I just don't see the fight with Yard happening right now just because I don't I don't think they're willing to take that risk. Look, 18 and 0. They're going. They're going to look at it like, dude, you got to get a bigger name under your belt before you come out here. They're going to. That's how they're going to flip it on the business end. They're going to say, nope, you're not a big enough name. I don't know you. Nobody cares. Why would I take that risk? You know what I mean? And again, you, as Kovalev, I understand it. Do you understand the difference? And I, I believe there's a difference when a governing body orders a fight compared to when they mandate a fight. Yeah, both of them mean don't mean shit. <laughs> that's what that means. So, so Kovalev won't get stripped if he doesn't take this fight no because uh, Golovkin was supposed to fight Charlo how many times 
I think they paid Charlo step aside money though. You, you, I think you're gonna have to. They have to pay him though. I think they are. They are gonna have to pay Yardy something if he's the okay. mandatory. I think they're gonna have to cut him a check. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's how it works. But all right, man. Um, yo, talking about some of the best in the world, man. Vasily Lomachenko, man. He he's been in the news. He like like I said earlier, he was out there talking about you know the fights this upcoming weekend. Um with uh spence and uh, garcia but he also threw some shade at the aforementioned gervonta davis and floyd mayweather saying that they're not real fighters they're businessmen and that he wants to fight for the best for his legacy in boxing history do you think lomachenko actually has a point man now Javante Davis is still so unproven and he's having his moves managed by people seemingly so high above him that it's nice. difficult for us to say where things will end up. Now he needs a he needs a better competition on his resume and people are start, starting to get antsy. So Eddie Hearn says he's going to put a huge offer on the table for him if Tevin Farmer wins his fight this upcoming Friday. That would be incredible. Does he take that fight? I I don't know. But he needs to. He really needs to. Now you start to get into promotional issues. Maybe Eddie Hearn has a plan for that. But that's a fight that we would all love to see because there does seem to be some genuine dislike there. Now, let's go to Floyd. I don't think Floyd ever denied being a businessman. And I'm sure he'd probably take that as a compliment So Loma would be absolutely correct. Floyd is a businessman, especially at this point when he's fighting guys like Tension, but even during his career. I mean, that's why Floyd is Floyd. Floyd Money Mayweather. Not one time or something having to do with boxing. His nickname is Money. He he left Pretty Boy behind so he can have a a nickname that is directly correlated to the money he is making. That's a businessman. No one ever questions Floyd's skills, but we know at the end of the day, this man is about his money. So is he a businessman? Shit, probably. Now, who's going to leave the game more more respected? Floyd, Javante Davis, Lomachenko? Loma. He's going to leave the game the most respected by boxing fans. But outside of that, I'm not sure. Because Floyd Mayweather has the type of effect where he's crossed over those boxing lines. Floyd Mayweather is a cultural name. But Loma, to boxing fans, Loma can do no wrong. His pro career is going to be a lot shorter than Javante Davis, someone like Floyd Mayweather, because I believe he turned pro at something like 29. So his shelf life is just a lot shorter. But in what he's done in such a short span and what the future looks like for Lomachenko, by the time he leaves boxing, it, it doesn't matter how many losses he he has. As long as he's still at the top of the game, by the time he retires, people are going to, Lomachenko is going to be up there as one of the greats because he came in, he never took uh, any of those, um, you know, any of those soft fights. From he the beginning, always, he's fought the best. He's always fought the best. And even now, when he didn't take a fight with Tefima Lopez, that's only because he's looking to try to unify the belts and, uh, Richard Comey wasn't available, so this is the guy they fed him. But right now, he's looking to unify the belts, and that's the only reason that he's not fighting a guy like Teofimo Lopez. Because if that wasn't the case, or if Teofimo had a belt, I can guarantee you that uh, Lomachenko takes that fight. So, 
But I mean, I, I think he leaves the game more respected. I mean, what he does for boxing, taking on the best at all times. I mean, that's something that you you'll never be able to say Floyd Floyd did. He fought the best, but you everybody argues about when they fought them. Javante Davis will probably have similar asterisks throughout his career because he's managed by Floyd at, at this point. So I think Lova leaves the game with the most respect. So I think when it's all said and done, we have to wait, right? But Floyd Mayweather didn't become Money Mayweather until he fought Oscar De La Hoya. That's where it all changed for him. But if we go down the time the timeline and we look at everybody Floyd has fought, Chop Chop Corley, Jose Luis Castillo, even though he was older, Gotti, Zab Judah when Zab was the man. Baldemir, when nobody wants to fight Baldemir, Baldemir was cutting from like 180 pounds. Cutting, they were like cutting 40 pounds. Such a big guy. Walking through everybody. Floyd destroyed him. There were so many. Dude, um, one of my favorite, all-time favorites, beat the shit out of Diego Corrales. Oh, my gosh. That, that, that was probably Floyd's best performance ever. of all time. So I mean, the, that, the, that was a prime Floyd at 135. You can see the killer, yeah. that power that people just, they don't realize how big Floyd was fighting. They don't, they don't realize Floyd should have never been fighting at 147. Not he was, he's a he, thirty pounder, man. Floyd's probably smaller than Mikey Garcia fighting at 147. He didn't, Floyd never even cut weight. He just went to training camp. Yeah. No, dude, he, 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 I mean, and that's the thing. I, I look at Floyd, man, and the the older he got, and he got that businessman rub from again the guy we talked about in the beginning. It's all it's all all starts with Oscar De La Hoya, man. Oscar De La Hoya is the reason we got a Money Mayweather, and ever since then, Floyd took that that pretty much that profile, took that blueprint, and has run with it. And then he also realized that's when he realized, oh, you want me to be the bad guy, okay? cool i'll be this and that's when that bigger larger than life persona really started coming out so in his early career i i will i will say that mayweather absolutely was looking for legacy he wanted that he was hungry one of the most entertaining fighters of all time um and then it was later in his career where yeah okay we could say he was like you know the miguel cotto fight you know um draining him all the way down like manny pacquiao did you know robert guerrero that dude's a bum you know what i'm saying he fought canelo no, he at, fight miguel cotto at like 152 or something like that uh fought him at 54 so you think he drained Cotto to to get to 154? No, that no, was no. It wasn't fought. 54 here. I'm looking at it right now. He fought him at uh. Might have been a catch weight. No, but it, I think it, it was that. No, you're right. You're right. It was a uh, Yep, 54. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Floyd didn't drain Cotto. Floyd beat Cotto. Yeah, you're right. He beat Cotto. No, that was Cotto's best fight. I was thinking about Manny Pacquiao's fight with him. Ah, uh, yeah. That's what fight I was thinking about. I'm sorry, but yeah, I was thinking about Manny Pacquiao because that's what I looked at. I was like, no, no, Cotto actually looked great that fight. Yeah, Cotto looked look pretty good. He gave definitely gave Mayweather a challenge and just another was, name. Might have been his harder fight. Yeah, hard, one no, of his another fights. name on Mayweather's legacy. Absolutely. You know, Mayweather's reg- resume. Mayweather ha- has the resume. I mean, he's Absolutely. beat world champ. I so think it's that's, like twenty three world champs that he's beat. Dude, it, that's it, amazing. It, it is, man, and that's the thing, and that's why I look at that and I say, yeah. 
Loma, I think Loma is, is Floyd Mayweather a businessman now? Well, yeah, he's 40 years old. He's not, he, he doesn't have anything to prove anymore. So I think the biggest issue with the whole thing, though, is that he is dealing with Tank Davis like him at the end of his career. When you're supposed to let Tank fight, he's supposed to let him go. And the only thing he's doing as a business, and this is where I do agree with Loma, is that he's hindering the development of Tank Davis by not allowing him to fight some of these bigger names. I think that's just is what it is. I think that's a fair assessment, but who do you think has the most respect at the end of the day between the three of them? And I think the answer is... I mean, I think it's Loma. I I 100... I mean, dude, you fought for a world title your first fight ever. But I I think... In the second fight. But I think you make make a good point. Look at everybody that Floyd's beat. I mean, Floyd has the... Dog. People people would say Floyd fought bums. Floyd did not fight bums. Floyd fought the best in the world. He fought the best of that era. And honestly, in that... In his era... Now, I have another question for you. In the that era, so Floyd's era, is Floyd the best fighter of his era? Are him and Roy Jones in the same era? They are in the same era. So I'm going Roy Jones. I am too. I'll be honest with you, man. I was thinking about this not too long ago. Roy Jones Jr. was the best that I have ever seen like lie like in his prime i'm watching him on tv while it's happening i never saw anything like that and as good as floyd mayweather is and was he never wowed me to the extent of it now granted different styles i mean longevity obviously if we're gonna look at greatness you gotta toss it to floyd but in my in my personal opinion the greatest of that era is roy jones jr and roy jones jr like he was bored Yo, y'all must have forgot. He was bored. He, I, I think it was, it was one fight. I mean, he had a fight. He had a charity basketball game the next day. I mean, like, Roy Jones was bored. He, he was bored. He, he was just. I'm just gonna go up in weight classes because there's no one left for me to fight and win a heavyweight title. Dude. Roy Jones was bored. I mean, he, he his he, talent. He beat Ruiz, who was a legit heavyweight. Yeah. I mean, Roy, Roy Jones was definitely the best of his gener- generation, and I think Max Kellerman pretty recently has said was, was talking about this, or maybe this, it was a couple years ago. But he was saying he was explaining to somebody Roy Jones' greatness, and when Floyd Mayweather retired, he was the undisputed number one pound for pound champ. You have to think Floyd was probably in his prime when Roy Jones was in his. In they were in their prime at the same time. No, they were in yeah, their prime at the same they, time. Yeah, because they were both ninety six Olympics, or when was Roy Jones Olympics? Mm, it might have been before might, that. I think he was pro, before that. I think he's pro in the early '90s. He fought B Hop in like '92. Yep. He fought B Hop in '93. Okay, so I, maybe there, he's a little. Floyd, older. Was, Floyd was coming on at towards the end of Roy Jones' prime, but I mean, there was even when when that was happening, there was never any question until uh, Roy Jones got knocked out by Tarver. But, but until that's then, because there was he never... cut too much weight too fast, going from heavyweight yeah. to yeah. Yeah, and that's what happened there. But I mean, Roy Jones had had put a gap like we hadn't seen on that pound for pound list. Dude. Like the gap between Roy Jones and whoever was number two at the time was large. Dude, do you remember him fighting when he beat up uh, Glenn Kelly? 
Hands behind the back, miss, miss, whack. Yeah, dude, nasty man. Who, who was the dude that uh that beat him by DQ? Like the he hit him while he was down. Oh, um, that was early in his career. He uh, smoked him in that second fight. Uh, Montel Griffin. <laughs> he smoked him. Montel Griffin was a sacrificial lamb. He Dog. got smoked, and that was when that was around the time that Roy Jones was just bored. Yeah, and I think he. That's the only thing that really could get him up for a fight was him him losing in the fashion that he did. And what happened was, yeah, and he if you've ever heard, knocked that fool out. Something if you've nasty. ever heard. Roy Jones on the mic commentating whenever a fighter goes down and there's a punch thrown he mentions it because Montel Griffin went to a knee Roy Jones just I don't think he had any ill intent but just being in a boxing mindset was still throwing punches and hit him while he had taken a knee they disqualified Roy Jones and I believe he I don't think he, I don't know if he lost his belt he but did. okay so he so he lost his belt yeah and people were saying that Roy Jones did that because uh you know he was looking for a way out you know people made their little storylines Roy Jones knocked that man out in the first round in the next fight. Yep. Walked out he, there, knocked him out so cold. He was so insulted by the fact that people even had the thought that someone was better than him. Duh. That's the level of greatness that he was uh, that he was at. Is, is he a platinum selling rapper? Everybody was platinum in 2000. Yeah, man. Dude was solid, man. Yo, he, he and he's another one. He beat in that people say he didn't beat good people, but he beat he beat Vinny Paz. He I mean Bernard Hopkins. I mean you go down the list, man, he beat some solid people, man. James Tony. James Tony. Dude. Dude's I, nice, man. John I, Ruiz. I, at the end of the day, I do think Floyd Mayweather, someone like Floyd Mayweather has a better resume, but with the way Roy Jones was doing it. I, it's just no comparison. Yeah. But I do think Floyd still has a, be- a better resume with the the level of world champs that he beat. And that's just because since the 80s, the cream of the crop, has, or, or even before that, if you go back to Ray, Ray Robinson, but I mean, for a very long time in boxing, the welterweight division outside of the heavyweight division has really been the it division. You had welterweights in, in the 90s. You still had um, Floyd Mayweather. You had Oscar, Oscar De La Hoya. You had Vargas. You had Tito. Where, where was Tito Trinidad fighting at? 154? Okay. So you had all of those guys down there at welterweight. You go before that, you had um, you hit the, Tommy the Hitman Hearns, Marvin Hagler. You had Sugar, Sugar, Sugar Ray. Ray, Le- Ray Leonard. Then you come to the Duran. 2000s. You got Duran. You got Floyd. You got Pacquiao. You got Spence. You got Crawford. Now the welterweight division has been stacked. It's been it's been it's been rocking time. since the eighties, like seventies yeah. and eighties. It's been rocking. So Floyd Mayweather has just had an opportunity, had more of an opportunity to uh, load up his resume when Roy Jones didn't always have that, which is why he was just gaining Beating weight looking for challenges. Up. Straight up, straight up, man. Well, all right. Well, I think we we're good on that one, man. Um, keeping with the Mayweather camp. All right. Roley, Floyd Mayweather, one of his guys, went out there and got a first-round KO this past weekend. Are we ever going to see that fight with him and Ryan Garcia? We won't see it this go-round. I think the fight happens at this point, and we probably shouldn't spend too much time here. We might get nah, a letter from Golden Boy in the mail. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah. a, a cease and desist. <laughs> Straight up. But, uh, yeah, it, it's not going to happen right now. We both know that. Oscar De La Hoya is protecting Ryan Garcia with all of his might until he can't anymore. And we have to see Ryan Garcia against some real competition because the guys are right. When Ryan Garcia was put on by Oscar De La Hoya, I mean, he was 
he was touted to be or he you know he was anointed to be the next quote unquote golden boy yeah. you know he was supposed he, they're pretty much touting him to be the next Canelo that face of boxing and when they first started promoting Ryan Garcia you're like maybe he has some quick I mean, hands hey real fast hands but hey, quick hands almost in the blink of an eye his weight class got real crowded <sighs> With you, you, you have some established talent you have young talent at his level now you're like, okay, well, Ryan Garcia, you're you're a superstar, but where do we really see you fitting in with some of these dogs out here? Yep. And we're no longer sure if he's gonna have that Canelo feel. Canelo, he he's dominating. He's at the top level. Yo, uh, Ryan man. Garcia, will he be able to get to that level or even Yo, close Canelo's to that level with everybody good, around? Him? Man, have you ever like just watched Canelo, man? When you like watch his, uh, Yo, that mother, he's good he's good he's people, he's good man aside from the fights like against triple g when you really look at, at canelo and how he's improved even from the mayweather fight and how he's really started to incorporate better defense and head movement into his game along with the power that he possesses the ability Dumb. to move up and wait and chase some of those fights i mean canelo is a good boxer and he's he good, good for boxing Great he fought triple boxing. g took a layoff fight and will fight danny jacobs within within a year yo that's he a, fights that's a everybody in his prime he fights look even though I thought he lost Lada, he fought he fought Lada. He's fought some of the best in, in his time. And he's, he's the best, so you always is a target on your back. It's always yeah. a story about the judges. That's not his fault. Maybe that's Delahoya's fault, someone's fault, but it's not his fault. He's still going in there and fighting his ass off. Yeah. And no. he deserves credit for that. He does, man. He does. I still think he's gonna lose his next fight, but damn that mug's good, man. I yeah. I think he he's he's one of the best out there, man. Um look. Uh, and, and, and before before we move on, the best way to demonstrate that one of Canelo's Canelo's best boxing moment. I'll, I'll go on a limb and say this: his best moment in boxing. Have any idea where I'm going? No, nah, I want to know. Is coming out that second fight with Triple G fighting Mexican style. One hundred percent. That Yo. was trill. That that was so fucking that, real. And you know what? Triple G had to eat all that shit he talked. All that shit he talked about Canelo not Canelo went put his head in that dude's chest and worked his body and was throwing shots and you know what man that was a real moment. Yo, I, you know I don't care what anybody says, I totally felt Canelo earned that victory. And he earned that victory because Triple G, you go out there, you talk all this shit about, like you said, Mexican boxing, you, you're not going to come and fight me. Well, that mug said, all right, come on, I'm going to fight you. Everybody heard it. That was the biggest fight in the world at the time. Everybody knew what he was talking about. Everybody said he's not willing to fight. So he went out there, he fought in the middle of the ring, and Triple G was the one that got caught out there boxing. Like, and get up out of here. Typically, you get these fights and... Neither of these guys speak uh, speak English, so we didn't understand a lot of what was going on. But typically, you'll have oh, these build up the th th these build ups and fights, and guys like Errol Spence and Mikey Garcia are going back and forth. We didn't expect that from Canelo. We didn't know what he was going to come out and look like, and straight up just stood there in the middle of the ring, walked him down all night. That was probably Canelo's shining moment um, oh. of his career because he showed how much of a fighter he really is. Yes. Oh, you tell me I can't do this, I will beat you at it. Yeah. I am better than you at your game. And here's the thing, yo, that was coming right off of, remember when he, he, he got, remember them, those tacos? Oh, yeah. The tainted tacos, man? Yeah, man. So that's right off the tainted tacos. He's losing fans. Like, and he got surgery? Was, yeah, yo, he was losing fans by the minute. 
And he went out there and, man, performed. Literally, again, hard on his sleeve, went out there and went for it. And you know what? He won all those fans back. Like, ever since then, I've been rocking with dude. Yeah, no, you can't knock Canelo. It's, it's a lot of it's a lot of fighters that are good for boxing right now because you can't yeah. knock Triple G either, and we gave him his praise this episode. We did, hey, you know, hey, but you, you can't knock Danny Jacobs. Nah, you can't. I mean, to do that, wait, you talking about a, a hot weight class right now? God, middleweight is nasty right now. Yeah, solid, dude. And I mean, a lot of those guys can go up to to one sixty eight, and with Easy. guys like Bivol talking about Easy. coming down, we can make a lot of those matchups at at maybe a catch weight. I want to see Jamal Charlo in there. I, I want to see Jamal Charlo with the zone because I need to see him within the mix with all those guys. I need to see Charlo in the mix. I want to see him fight Danny Jacobs. I want to see him fight Canelo. He's he's at the level of those guys. I need to see him fight those guys. I want to say, and I think I may have sent you this. The in terms of not Jamal but Jamel Charlo. Yeah, I think they 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 made They're that rematch with Tony yep. Harrison, June twenty third. As well, they should. As well, they should, man. Another one of the shittiest decisions I saw last year. I yeah, couldn't def- believe it, man. You cannot shocked. take somebody, dude. Oh, judging drives me so crazy, man. They they think you got some dude who goes out here and takes a weekend test, never never put gloves on in his life, doesn't even respect the sport to the fact that he's not even watching the sport. He goes out here and tries to do this shit, and then they're whatever the decision may be, and you're taking food out of these people's mouths, man. It's so trash. I hate I, that. I, I, was, I thought it was a bad decision. But I know it's something that I missed because there's a lot of people that I respect in the boxing world from Keith Thurman to Teddy Atlas. I think even maybe Terrence Crawford. And a lot of them were were justifying Tony Harrison's win. A lot of them came out in in defense of him and they said, no, he won that fight. I you look at the numbers. I I clearly saw it for Charlo. So I'm with you. I'm with you on this. But with the people, just this, their the stature of them and the rank they hold within the sport, you have to you have to think like, okay, there has to be something that I missed. Look, I I feel you. But in terms like I I mean I've watched that fight a number of times. I can't get over the more I look at it, this dude got outstruck. If we looking at power shots, he had more power shots landed upon his head. Like you look at this stuff over and over and over again. I'm like, I how is that possible? Because Jamel Charlo didn't want to go to the body. He wants uh, to he wants to be pretty and get and get that knockout. He goes to the body, he wins that fight. Well, I gu- I bet you he does it this fight. I don't think he goes, but I don't think he goes to the body this fight either. I think he probably wins this fight, but I don't think he goes to the body. I think he goes with his his normal game plan. I'm interesting to see what he switches up. He probably will get a little bit. They'll probably go over cutting off the ring in training camp because Tony Harrison worked. You know, he was he was working the ring. That's something that I think they really hone in on within training camp. But I don't think we see him go to the body for some reason. That's just not part of his arsenal. I don't get it. I I, I respect Derrick James too much as a trainer. And I believe if he is there with that team, he has to have people around him that are smart enough that actually want, you know, that tell him like, look, dude, you if you want to win, he look, he left a gym. He left Ronnie Shields, who was an incredible trainer, Hall of Fame caliber trainer. He left Ronnie Shields to go to Derrick James. In, in his game elevated. So obviously he's smart enough to be able to switch things up in his game. 
I thoroughly believe that he's a smart enough fighter, and I thoroughly believe that Derrick James is a great, good enough coach. They have to make that. That is a little change that I would love to see them make, man. So we'll see. We'll end up seeing what happens. But, um, yo, uh, last thing uh, I know we want to bring up today, and we might have a couple extra things at the end. We'll see in a second. But last major question I want to, we want to talk, uh, talk about. Um, there's been a lot going on, and honestly, um, especially in the news right now, MMA, you we have uh, Tony Ferguson, who his wife just put our restraining order on him. Um, seems like he is going through something. Um, like they said, he thinks like there's like cameras following him. So it's it's a whole messed up situation, man. And I really do hope all parties involved get better. Um, but I think it definitely was one of those things that brings up, especially for combat sports athletes, uh, mental health. And again, um, I'm gonna let you take this one. This is something you want to talk about. So um, tell me a little bit about when you first heard that story and a couple of things that's really brought this to your attention. So I'm I'm in the car on the way home today and listening to whatever XM ninety three fight radio and a few guys were on there just speaking about what ha- what happened. I didn't know who it was at first, and as they continued along the conversation, more details started to come out. I googled what was going on, and it just spurred a conversation about combat sports and me- mental health and. They've been fortunate enough to dodge the shitstorm that the NFL stepped into with all of the CTE madness. But is something is a wave like that coming for combat sports? I personally think not, because this is the fight game. This is what these fighters are signing up for. It's a bit different in football where you're hitting, but strikes to the head aren't the main aspect of the game. You know, we can still enjoy football with the, you know, without some of these violent strikes to the head. You can still lay a big hit without it being directly to the head. You can't really have that. In boxing, we need Deontay Wilder. We need people like that to enjoy the sport. And the same thing goes for MMA. Now, boxing is going to be a little bit worse because of the constant blows you're taking to the head, whether it's soft or Deontay. Um, but M- M- MMA is a, li- a little bit different because the strikes that you're taking to the head are so massive because you have such small gloves on. I, I think that I think and I hope that combat sports avoids that whole C- CTE wave uh, because though it's an issue that we need to pay attention to, combat sports is just a different nature and this is what these guys are signing up for so i mean we have to let them fight so i think so if you 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 look at it you're right this is the combat sports we understand it you can't change the rules i can't what are we going to do notion that we're going to just do all body shots you know like that's not that's never going to happen in our sports they're going to wear headgear in the pros yo dude they just took they just they just took headgear away from uh, from the in the out of the olympics so if there's no headgear in the olympics you know they ain't going to put them on the pros you know what i'm saying so it's like it's a it's, it's a violent game and um i'm be honest with you i do believe that we're going to start hearing more stories in the next 10 years, 10, 10 years or so. The difference is, man, MMA is so new. And think about all the old guys who who are still trying to be active and doing stuff. Not all of them are messed up, man. We look at like Chuck Liddell, right? Somebody who didn't want to go away. You look at um, 
but again, there's also the Randy Couture's, but he didn't fight the same way. And I'm talking about people who've been like knocked out, you know what I'm saying? And beat up and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think you will see people and Tony uh, Ferguson is somebody who does take a lot of damage in his fights. And not only that, dude is a break dancer from back in the day. We all know how much head trauma they actually take. Or if you don't, fam, break dancers get fucked up. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I didn't know that. Yo, yo, well, think about like all that. Like they fall, you know, like spinning on their head. All that, yeah, all that other nonsense. So he's taking head trauma left and right, man. I don't know what's going on with this, Uh, but I've I've talked to many people, and I talk about this a lot in my interviews. Um, I always talk about: Do people use mental coaches? Um, Do they believe in therapy? And the reason I ask is, yo, last year was the first that I actually started doing therapy myself. I was like, how am I going to get myself beyond a point? And this is even before, like, you hear, like, Charlamagne and everybody talking about it. Um, it was something that I was like, I think this is something that I want to try because I feel as if I'm not able to get to that next level and I'm getting in my own way, right? So I always ask fighters, do they do th- things like that to help them with their preparation? Or do they do things like that to help them after a fight? Because a lot of times, even after a fight, if you lose, even if you win, there's a lot of depression involved in that. And that a lot of times is from head trauma. That stuff happens. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you get concussed. So guys are like depressed and they got to go through stuff, man. So it is something that I think as long as people are real with it and they're able to discuss and they get the help they need, I think it'll be a little bit quiet. But I totally think that we're going to start hearing about more situations like this um, with combat sports athletes as a whole. And I'm even including like football and shit like that. I'm just including that in there because I think we didn't hear a lot of that shit in the past because mugs, we just didn't know. Now that the information is out there and we're starting to see this stuff and we could put two and two together, I think we're going to start seeing all of us, man. Everybody from kid, you know, play back. Like, dude, it's going to be it's going to be rough, man, just because we have the information now. There's uh, you have to separate combat sports from something like football. And for combat sports, I do think they avoid this CTE storm. But I think they have to be a bit more open about the resources that they're providing to these fighters in terms of mental health. Like if, if you're gonna, we speak so much about things like VADA testing, but is there any type of mandatory therapy? Is there someone that someone is mandated to speak to before and after fights to check on their well-being, to make sure that they are mentally able to fight? Mm-hmm. I, I think if they're more open about these types of programs that they're offering and really pushing fighters to enroll in, that's going to be one of the ways that they're able to avoid those avoid those storms especially for someone like uh for someone like dana white and the ufc who is so open about the sport boxing works a little bit differently so many promoters promotional companies yeah, they dirty. bodies the ufc <laughs> uh, mma and with the ufc being the flagship brand for mma they have a bit more of an opportunity to implement some of that stuff right now especially with everything about tony ferguson coming out and i hope he gets the help that he deserves they, they'll do something and they'll start i mean because that is how the, that the UFC is, and honestly, you're right. And since honestly, the way the UFC goes, the org, the the rest of MMA goes a lot of times, you know. So I think with something like this, especially being somebody who is such a high profile person, um, I think they will start implementing something, or they'll at least start talking about it or saying they have some type of precautions or something like that, just because that's how those big brands and organizations organizations end up doing. Um, 
but yeah, we'll we'll see, man. I, I look at it; it's it's something that I'm not gonna lie. It concerns me. Like I don't think anything, I'm gonna get weird and shaky and ch- choking people out, but because I I know I've taken you know I've ha- I've had hard sparring sessions, you know, with high level kickboxers. I've been kicked in the face before. Like yo, like it's real. You know what I mean? So when that's the, like, so it, it worries you because I mean. Look, I never had took a concussion test, but man, I was dizzy. Like, so I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I've been hit hard, you know? And then when you've been like that, you never know. They say some kids who play like high school football or like Pop Warner football have like CTE and shit. You know what I mean? So we don't know. There's a story about Wade, Ray Beltran and just Wade, Wade, Ray Beltran, uh, 135 pounder. I think he moved up to 140, yeah, cut did. his teeth yeah. as a sparring partner for Manny Pacquiao. And, <laughs> Boxing isn't always this beautiful sport. We talk about the elite level fights. There's a lot of fighters that we just don't know about that are making their living with mid-level fights that aren't on TV, making a living as sparring, uh, you know, for as a sparring partner. And as a sparring partner for Manny Pacquiao, maybe you get like a thousand bucks a week or something like that. Ray Beltran walked outside a sparring session and and just didn't know where his car was. And, And that's when he realized that he had a concussion. And that's how he was making a living. So many years of that, that that affects you down down the line. And it, but is it possible to draw that line in combat sports? And I just don't think it is. I think that the risk involved is something that the fighters understand a bit more when they sign up. And I think with football, the players didn't understand that risk when they were going in. And you hear so many, so many players talking about how they would have done it differently. Had they had that opportunity? I feel you. I feel you can't you. say that I, with combat I see sports. What you mean. Yeah. 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 I see what you mean. Yeah. Because again, you're right. You're right. When with, with combat sports, you, you know, you might get fucked up. That that's part of the game. I, you hear, you've heard me say it here. I always, everybody gets got no matter I mean, who you are. We've never seen anybody at at the professional level die on the football field, to my knowledge. No. I mean, we haven't, and nobody in MMA either, for that matter. We've seen people die in boxing. We have. Multiple times. Multiple times. It's not, yeah, no bueno. No bueno, man. Um, The the dark side of the sport, but it does exist. Yeah, man. um, Unfortunately, Tony Ferguson was someone who had to shed a light on it, but it's something we should talk about a little bit more. 100%. No, it, it, it is a conversation that, that I absolutely, and again, when you listen to the Fight Podcast, make sure you check out the interviews that we have. Last interview, we actually just interviewed Justin Big Pretty Willis. Uh, dope, dope, dope interview. Yeah, he was man, actually man. on the, that same radio station yesterday. Yeah, yeah. but here's the thing. He and I spoke of, we. I mean, again, you heard the interview. We touch on those type of things. Those are the type of things that I always try to touch on with athletes because those things are not talked enough about, man. So, um, yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it, it, hopefully it'll be all good. You know, I hope he gets better with him and his family and all of this stuff. Oof, man. All right, this fight this weekend, right? God, we got to change. Man, make yeah, me feel man. better. That was depressing. Um, uh, Shit. Yeah, the, the, the fight this weekend. I, I'm, I'm ex- I, I haven't been this excited for uh, for a very long time. And this fight is like my, my mini vacation. Dude. It, like, it, I, I'm I'm, I'm 
pumped. Yeah, we man. Almost, uh, we almost got moved, our seats moved up a, a little bit more uh, at some point this week, but it looks like that fell through. But I'm I'm, I'm hyped. Dude, I'm hyped. What's up, man? You got Jerry some pictures. World. You got to enjoy yourself out there, man. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to meet some of these boxers because they be out there and they're real personable when you meet them. Oh, 100%, man. Yo, combat sports athletes are some of the nicest people you'll ever meet because when you get punched in the face for a living, you end up being a little bit more humble. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. And they, they are good guys. And, you know, all, all of that they do to promote a fight. That's a, a lot of the time. That's not their personality 24 seven. So, right. you know, hopefully, hopefully I get, get to meet some of these guys. I know people like Deontay Wilder will be there. Yeah. Definitely want to meet. Great one, man. It should be a yeah, lot of fun. My my weekend will be made if I can meet Deontay Wilder. That'll that's be solid. Oh, dude, that'd be dope, man. No, that's what I'm putting out there time. in the universe. Put it out there, man. Nah, it, it should be a great time, man. Yo, you have fun out there, bro. Um, Appreciate it. What's it called? Uh, also, this weekend, there's a huge uh, UFC fight card in London. That's eh, not a huge card. It's on ESPN. It's still a really good one. Um, be, you, I think you'll enjoy this one if you get a chance to check it out. Uh, it is Darren the Gorilla Till versus Jorge Masvidal. Uh, Jorge Masvidal is known because because he came up with uh, Kimbo Slice back in the day. So, um, dude is... But the thing about him is he he has always ended up training with one of the best teams in the world, American Top Team, and he is a dog. Um, one of the best technical fighters you'll ever see. Great on the ground. Great with his stand-up. Um, I know you've heard of Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Uh, he knocked that Cowboy out something nasty uh, not too long ago. With a kick? Uh, no, nah, punt knocked his ass out with the hands, gave him all the paws. So, um, get an opportunity to check, check him out. Darren Till, one of the best strikers. Uh, dude should be fighting at, uh, at middleweight, but he's fighting at welterweight. Dude is huge. Uh, walks around at like 210. Um, and he's this big, uh, kickboxer, man. This is like a fighter's fight, uh, this weekend. It is one of those fights that, like, not, like, if you are a diehard fight fan, these are two guys that only go forward. But the difference about it is they go forward and they're both extremely technical. Super technical. So this is going to be like a high level chess match. It's going to be incredible. I'll try and watch the rerun on, on Sunday. And, you know, if nothing else, I'll definitely see the highlights and have an opinion on it next week. Yeah, man. It should be great, man. Those, are, I mean, so honestly, man, this weekend, uh, once again, man, it's another real fire uh, fight weekend, man. Uh, B, man, it's been a good one today, bro. Yeah, it's been, been a, I've had a good conversation. I feel good. Yeah, feel man. Good about, we, 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 we dropping a good one. It's going to go platinum. There it is, man. There it is, bro. Well, yo, um, B, anything you want to say before we get up out of here? Yeah, the only last thing I will say, and I don't want to end on, on a bad note or anything, but, you know, a close friend of mine, my line brother, Alex, lost his father yesterday. So RIP, Mr. Anglade. Um, and, you know, rest well. And uh, my condolences, I'm praying, and my condolences go out to him and the, their entire family. Oh, man, condolences, man. That's, that's just, yeah. All right. Salute to that family and everybody. That's, man. Tough one. That's a tough one, man. Well, yo, um, you know, uh, with well, everybody else, bro. As always, I appreciate you, man. Uh, dude, I think this is episode 95 or something like that. It's yeah, going to be. You got plans for 100? Oh, man, I don't know, man. We're going to figure it out, man. I'll definitely let you know, man. I I, I have a you couple. I get like Conor McGregor or something. <laughs> Jeez, man. Conor ass is locked up. Man, yo, oh, man. How did I not talk about him? Hold on, man. Wait a minute. No, I'm, I'm here well, for it. What is, what, we only got a couple minutes left, man. So I'm, I'm, we're going to try to make it quick. But fam. 
I, okay, I feel a certain way about this already. How do you feel? What did you think about Conor McGregor? Uh, for those of us who do not know, um, I don't know how if, if you're living under a rock. I have no no clue. But Conor McGregor got arrested. Um, he was at Live Nightclub over in uh, in uh, Miami. He was leaving out over there. Somebody tried to do tried to take a picture. Conor came over, grabbed his phone out of his hand, stomped his phone. After he stomped his phone <laughs> and slapped it out of his hand, he picked it up and took it home with him. He left. So. The police ended up arresting him, uh, came to his house the next morning, ended up getting him. So, get this, and this is what dr- drives me crazy. The only reason Conor McGregor was in the U.S. was to go to Brooklyn, was to do his community service to get the last charge from last year done. So, he goes out there... He does does his community service for that. The very next day, he hops on his dumbass flight, goes to Miami, and gets fucking arrested again. What is his flight duty? Fam, <laughs> like, how dumb can you be? Like, yo, go to, how hard is this to go to sleep? Yeah, you know Conor McGregor. He's he drinking a lot of that, a, a lot of that Irish whiskey, man. It a did. lot of that Irish whiskey. I mean, you know that liquid courage, and that is why. Out, and, that of, is, and that's my other club, thing. Club that's live. my other thing. I mean, he kind of is better. It, it go. It, it goes with who he is. Like it, it, at this point, it's part of his part of his aura. Like Fam. he brings that with him. You know, a few uh, a petty charge every, every couple years. I'm not surprised. Ah oh, man. Okay, so that works okay in my opinion when you're winning. He doesn't have a win since 2016. In any sport. Exactly. So, what are we doing? He, he, now he's getting to the point that you're starting to lose fans. The casuals are like, oh, this guy's kind of a schmuck. Especially, look, if you're winning, oh, we love the schmuck. Oh, it's great. But when you're taking these ass whoopings and you're losing, here's the thing. Your last fight wasn't even close. Are we going to keep buying what you're selling? Oh, oh, there's one more thing. John Jones is back. So we already got a bad boy. That plays a part because now you have your other flagship athlete or cornerstone of, of, of your organization. He's back. And he's he's active. So now, slowly but surely, as you continue to fuck up, here and there, rather small or large, by the time you come to fight and you're putting on all of these antics, maybe the maybe the people don't buy into it anymore. I got another maybe. one for you. I, I think they do, though. I, I think they do. He's I, still a, a major draw, and people want to see Con- Conor McGregor get back. He, they they want to see him get back on the winning side. So, if he comes back on the winning side, right? And not, not, not comes, he comes back and fights again, not on the winning side, and he takes another loss. Comes back, loses again. Thank you, Floyd. That, thank straight, you, Floyd, because I'm set for life. Yo, yeah, that, that, yeah, exactly. Because honestly, his career might be done, man. He he needs to he needs a winnable fight his next fight to keep that uh, that allure going. Um, and and, and, and that's that, the only way people are going to continue dealing with this bullshit. 
that Floyd check changed his life for the worse. Like, I mean, I, yeah. I think it, it killed a lot of his drive. And, and shout out to him. I'm always about getting your money. No, Yo, get your which, money, which Playboy. He, I understand. Which, but Which he did. But as far as Conor McGregor, the fighter, I think some of the hunger that was there prior to the Floyd fight just, just wasn't there anymore. He's That's, paid forever. 100 mil is a lot. And so... A buck 25. Yeah. So, I mean, Conor, Conor's set. I mean, he... he it is what it is with him. I, I don't expect him to be some upstanding citizen. Look, a petty, a, a petty destruct, you know, a destru- destruction of property charge in Miami after a night at Club Live. I don't like with, that. With, shit. Without the piece about it, him going coming to the U.S. to go to Brooklyn for a community service is not that bad. But when you add that in there, it gets a lot worse. That's what I'm saying. And again, you look at it, and the thing that pisses me off about it. And I know all the Connor stands are out there. Oh, Serge, you always hating on Connor. Uh, look, man, I don't. I love MMA. I love MMA. He is a bad representation of the sport. He is somebody that you look at and you're like, oh man, like ew. Those type of people do that sport. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want people like Danny Jacobs out there. And there's so many people. I want people like Daniel Cormier, Tyron Woodley, Kamar Usman, all these dudes, Israel Adesanya, TJ Dillashaw. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many amazing champions. Demetrius Johnson, so many amazing champions that aren't getting the props that they deserve. And we've thrown all this money to a schmuck who's not, who's not even as good as everybody who I just named. But the eyes that he's bringing to the sport, I mean... I get that. People like Bellator. What he's doing, though, dude, what he's doing, he's being destructive and he's being a terrible representation of the sport. I don't think that falls back on the sport. That falls back on Conor McGregor. I I guess, man. But again, then we glorify that shit. All his antics and stuff end up being on the next thing they do to go sell this damn fight. Again, I just, I, it, man, it rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. Like, I like the trash talk. I was down when Conor was out there just running his, you know, talking trash originally. But after he got paid, like, now you're, like, getting, going in on people, talking about, like, people's religion and shit, like, throwing dollies at buses. Like, fam, what are you doing? Jumping in the cage when it ain't your fight? Pushing the referee? Like, really? Fighters are always going to fight. I, I admittedly I watched a video of Larry Holmes jump off of a car over a cop to kick one of his opponents in the face after uh, some of the chatter before the fight had gotten a little bit personal. So fighters will fight. There will always be antics. I, I wonder how you would have felt with Muhammad Ali back in the day and I've some of the cool. things when no, some of the things no no some of the things they thing. he, he, he don't get, and at, don't even don't even don't even equate that shit man because here's saying, the thing talk about a lot I, I like a lot of people who are wild as shit i do but when it gets to a point in time and you continue getting popped you continue getting locked up dude i stopped messing with john jones because i was like you know you're being a schmuck not just talking trash i love a good shit talker and that's why that's why I originally loved Conor McGregor. I was like, yo, this dude's out here talking trash and he's knocking fools dead. I love it. But once you start doing stuff and, and again, then he's injuring other athletes that have nothing to do with this shit, through die through the window, three fighters end up getting pulled from that card. So now you're fucking with their money. And and their opportunity you're taking from athletes and that stuff I don't appreciate. What Ali was doing, he wasn't taking opportunities from other athletes. 
He wasn't out there injuring people that have nothing to do with it. He wasn't out there getting drunk, running somebody over, hitting a pregnant chick in a car, getting out of his car, forgetting his weed, running back, getting his weed and money, turning back around and taking off. No, he wasn't doing that. He was be he was talking about something political, which again, if you actually listen to the show and anybody know anything about me, knows how political and how much I actually give a shit about like civil rights and civil disobedience and things like that. So for me, Ali, everything he talks about, what he stands for, is what I stand for. So it doesn't make any sense. Don't make that that for that uh, correlation at all. I'm not talking about Ali from from his political stances, which I fully that, align. That's with. that's where, but that's what Ali's. He was wild and shit with with athletes and stuff, but he wasn't being destructive towards anybody. He was just being fun. I'm down with people being fun. That's why I love the Diaz brothers. They're just fun. Uh, he he had he had a small monkey for Joe Frazier. Dog, hey man, and I and I again, I I would laugh just like I laughed the first time I saw that clip. Uh, I, I mean, like some of some of the stuff, is, especially with with uh, where racial tension was at the time, I think that was a, a bit on edge. But I, I get what you're saying. I, I agree to a certain extent. But I mean, I'm not as moved by this Conor McGregor arrest. I mean, it's just I mean, it's who Conor McGregor is. Like I said, a petty charge every I, few I years like is not I'm, surprising. I think I'm just more invested in it. Also. And I've been dealing like as long as I because I've been following Connor for such a long time. And it's like somebody who like you're happy you're seeing you're there with the with the rise. And then when he gets there, he doesn't like do what you would love him to do with it. You know what I'm saying? It's like he gets there and turns into some bizarro motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? So that, I think that's the only thing for me. I, I, I'm shitty because I was a fan. 125 mil. Uh, exactly, man. But yo, we got to get out of here. Fam, it's always a pleasure. And, always uh, a pleasure, my guy. We'll be right back here next week. Yes, sir. Uh, 95. I don't know if I'll be on for 100, but I'll do my best. All right, man. Sounds good, brother. Hey, yo, we'll wrap soon, man. Yes, sir. Be All good. right, bro. Yes, sir. Peace out. This is the Fight Podcast. And yo, Thank you so much to Brandon Camille for coming back on the show today, man. Again, go ahead and shoot him a follow, man, at BCAM13, that's with two M's, on uh, IG. Uh, His Twitter name is, like, AskBCAM or something like that. I'll make sure I get it right now and to put it in the show notes for you guys. But uh, definitely go ahead and shoot him a follow. That was fun, man. I'm telling you, one of the most fun convos I've had. I love being able to talk about, man, just all aspects of bo- of the sweet science, man. Not only boxing, but just combat sports in general. And uh, he and I are going to continue developing and doing some stuff for you guys, man. So, like I said, as always, man, keep your eyes and ears open. Uh, thank you guys once again for listening to episode 95 of the Fight Podcast. This is your host, Serge Vicente, and I'll be back really soon, man. We're going to go ahead and actually take a time out this week, and I'm going to go ahead and break down all of this madness with Conor McGregor. I know a lot of people have been asking about that. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a timeline from when he started in M- in the UFC up until now and how the ebbs and flows of his career has gone. So, man, go ahead and uh, check that out. That will also be out this week. Um, I'll have a weigh in special and everything, as we always do for um, UFC, uh, the UFC um, ESPN card this weekend. I'll also do something similar um, for the weigh in with Errol Spence and Mikey Garcia. So we'll go ahead and touch on those things. Um, But with that being said, 
This is the Fight Podcast, and each and every week we're brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show. Check me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Purchase merch today i'm telling you we're starting to go ahead and get merch out there if you want merch you go on our website you go ahead and you put a request in and we will get that back out to you um we really got dope hoodies and t-shirts for you everything is champion brand uh so you know we keep it real swaggy man so go ahead and check us out uh thank you once again for listening this is episode 95 of the fight podcast i'm your host as always serge vicente and we'll go ahead and see you guys next time. Peace out.